Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Luke Liddy is with me to chat sport. On the line we have Jerome O'Connell, GA correspondent with the Limerick Leader and Live 95 soccer correspondent Mike Hearn as well. But of course we start this morning with hurling. On the far yeah. side of the story, Who Kyle Hayes. Here comes Kyle Hayes on the 14, turns his man. Power! Kyle Hayes shoots the goal! Yeah! For, Kyle for Kyle Hayes! A second goal for Limerick, 2 10 to 1 7. Talk about blowing the doors off it, Kyle Hayes. Where was you coming from? What a score. And here comes the halftime whistle, Dan. Unbelievable stuff, I tell you. Do you see Kieran Kingston down the road, Dan? His two feet are planted firmly on the ground. Unbelievable. The Limerick players are sprinting in under the tunnel. Critics have maybe been saying that Limerick don't score enough goals. Those two just before half time really helped to, to turn the game on its head. They were two great moves. I'm delighted with them. Been working hard for many, many years on, on, on our goal taking. Okay, they, sometimes they don't come about, but I think the boys worked the ball really well in those key last couple of passes in there in the in the in the final third at that for those two moves. They were very good moves and we finished them off really well and hats off to the lads, you know, to give them great confidence going forward. As you can hear the energy in John Kiley's voice there chatting to Luke after the game and just part of that super commentary provided by hurling legend Shane Dowling and Don O'Sullivan. Um, Luke, there were even fans in the ground, isn't that right? Yeah, and, and it made it, from the get-go it made it, Joe, and I was, I was sitting in the Kinnan stand right in between the, the Cork fans on my right-hand side, the Limerick fans on my left-hand side, and... The noise was amazing. I mean, because you're not used to noise anymore. The first roar from the Limerick crowd, I looked around and I said, gee, it's like there's 20,000 inside in the stand. It was phenomenal and the weather was nice. It was sunny. Disappointing, obviously, that, that more people couldn't get to it. But for the fans that were there, it was a magnificent day and it was great to hear them back in full voice and louder, I might say, than, than they would have been maybe even a couple of years ago because they were all mad for road, mad to get back out really added to the championship occasion and I think it even spurred on our commentary team just above my head in the in, in the gantry because they had the windows open, they could hear the crowd and that was G and them on as well. You heard Shane Dowling say at the start of the game, it's the first game in a long time where he's had actual goosebumps going into it because he would have passed the crowd, he would have seen the excitement on the way in. Just phenomenal Joe, it's a, a, a fantastic result. Funny that uh, some people are saying Limerick weren't up to much <laughs> they beat Cork by 8 points where do you get that or would we have said we'd ever dreamed of saying that Limerick weren't up to it by beating Cork by eight points in a Munster semi-final but just an all-round great day Yeah and I know you chatted to a Limerick fan after the game I'm from a place called Kilbehenny but I've travelled from Dublin living up there for a long time now Kilbehenny is home and that's where all the O'Sullivans are plenty of them listening into Live 95 this evening my sister Mary Margaret my niece Jennifer and my grandniece Rowan bring on the rest of the summer uh, absolutely now we're into the Munster final we'll see who comes out of Tip and Clare tomorrow but uh, Limerick are now three matches away from an All-Ireland maybe yeah the other thing about it uh, Luke is we know about the controversy in terms of the television coverage uh, but uh, certainly um, huge reaction to our commentary 
Yeah, and look, I I obviously was at the game and I was listening to our commentary as I was watching the game and uh, I, I thought it was a fantastic game. And then I come out and I hear people saying, ah, it wasn't a great game now, both sides were poor enough, the, the shooting accuracy wasn't great and all this. It's, it's just mad how it can change from actually being at a game and watching it on television or listening to, the, to it on the radio. The experiences are all different. And I think it goes to show that if you have a good commentary team uh, who, who are excited and passionate knowledgeable it can really help to, to, to let people enjoy the game that much better and uh, we see it so often on Live 95 whether it be soccer Gaelic football camogie hurling it's a, it's a different experience listening to our passionate commentary teams and uh, again uh, as I say as I left I thought uh, it was one of the best games I ever saw listening to it on the radio and listening to the Limerick crowd I was certainly buzzing after it but uh, there was a, a different opinion to, to a lot of people who watch it on TV Yeah, I feel like saying well as long as you're happy Luke Jerome from the leader you know Luke makes a great point there because you know Limerick bizarrely found themselves subject to some criticism uh, yesterday despite a pretty comprehensive win over a Cork side that were showing something on the night there's always room for improvement Joe Um, you know the the old uh, the old saying would be that there's there's no trophies handed out in, in in the first round of the championship, and that's the way it was. Look, there was there was clearly across the seventy minutes, um, you know, in, in today's paper I described it as first stage hitters from Limerick, and I think that's what it was. You know, it was an exciting game, and there was there was plenty of high points. But I mean, you know, don't be under any illusions. It, this wasn't your full-blooded swashbuckling display from Limerick that we've seen on a number of occasions in the last in three years. Um, there, there will be plenty for John Kiley and Paul Kenner to go back for the training ground for the next two weeks. And they'll probably be delighted with that in, in, in one way because, you know, you, you, don't, you don't want to produce your best performance of the year in, in the opening round of the championship. You, you want there to be, you know, incremental improvements as the year goes on and, um, I, I think they'll be very, very happy that um, no, they, they beat Cork by eight points with plenty of room for improvement. Yeah. The other thing that I slightly enjoyed yesterday was listening to a few people saying, oh, do you hear so-and-so got a ticket for the game and because of the restricted numbers, of course, the two and a half. Though, huh, I wonder how he got it now. And, you know, I mean, it's bad enough when you can put 25,000 or 30,000 in the ground, but when it's only two and a half, you get a lot of that going on. Yeah, look, it, it, the, the one thing it did show, and what we've seen it across, four games in hurling in particular across the weekend you absolutely need supporters at the games um, you know I've said it and spoken about it a number of times last year that I didn't enjoy the experience at all and I was very honoured and very privileged to be one of those at inter-county games last year but I just was not enthusiastic about the experience at all just on, on, on Saturday evening having a couple of thousand back it, it, it adds so much to, to the game of hurling Um it's about, particularly at the county level, it's about the interaction of the crowd. Um, I, I do believe it brings on the players a little bit as well. Um, they, they said last year they didn't really notice much of a change, but I, I certainly think it does. And uh, look, it's great to have the couple of thousand back and, and you know, fingers crossed that that number will increase again for, for the Munster final and as the championship progresses. Luke Liddy is uh, in the studio next door. On the line, we have Jerome O'Connell, GA correspondent of the Limerick Leader. We also have our soccer correspondent, Mike Hearn. So, Luke, uh, there was uh, quite a bit of controversy in the Tip Clare semi-final and the Tip 
ultimately emerged victorious. Clare deeply aggrieved, which I'm sure will make them a dangerous opponent, as indeed Cork will continue to be through the back door as well. But it is a monster final of Limerick versus Tip. Yeah, it certainly is, and, and Tip could only beat what's in front of them. They could do nothing about refereeing decisions going their way or, or going against them, as as is always the case. Uh, put in a good performance against Clare, stayed with them, and then obviously that penalty in the sin bin really did change the game. I mean, uh, Jake Morris given a, a massive benefit of the doubt. I know he's good, but he's probably not that good. He was uh, on, the, on the close sideline there, uh, well out from goal, and it was uh, deemed to be a goal-scoring opportunity. Aidan McCarthy kind of came in and and slide tackled him and uh, it was a penalty and uh, and Aidan McCarthy had a, a 10 minute sin bin that was the controversy that was the talking point never nice to, to be talking about a referee when you come away from a championship game but that's the way it was as you say nonetheless Tipper going to be some prospect in the in the final after the, the, the hammering that Limerick handed them back in 2019 they'll still be thinking of that even though they went on to win the All-Ireland that year they'll still be thinking of that hammering and it's going to be a really tough prospect against Tipperary as Jerome said, Limerick do have lots to to improve on in, in training, get the wide count down. You think this that we're going to see a, an even better Limerick in that game, but Tipperary will 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 seek improvements as well ahead of the game at Parky Cueve in two weeks' time. That's uh, Sunday week, as you say, and obviously with a full live commentary of that. Jerome, very briefly, can you just explain this rule? Because a lot of people will be terribly confused about how you can be nowhere near the area and still concede a penalty and a sin bin. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the devil is in the detail, Joe. And, you know, I, I think I've, I've spoken about this with you and, and a number of times in the past, how, you know, ultimately, you know, all GA membership are, are to blame because this trickles down the line from, from top to bottom. And it's, it's very easy to blame those at the top, but <clears throat> we all have a role to play in it because these new role, rules would have been circulated, you know, in, in the past year. Um, they do t- come to club level. Uh, club level. Club uh, clubs are entitled to hold meetings to discuss these new rules. Since their delegates on to county board level, where they're more than entitled to voice their opinions, Limerick didn't formulate, you know, um, how they're going to vote on it when it comes to national level. And and then there's another vote. I mean, you know, we we could all have voiced their opinion on this, but unfortunately, you know, it's the uh, it's the finer details that maybe get glossed over when these rules are being um, voted upon. Ultimately, the rule states that if there's a goal-scoring opportunity inside the 21-metre line that the referee may may give a penalty and send the player to the sin bin for 10 minutes. Now, as we saw on on Sunday, you know, yes, the player was inside the 21-metre line, but, I mean, he was, you know, just along the the, the sideline. To me, you know, that fine detail um, isn't right. You know, I think there was a number of opportunities where defenders could have cut off the attacker. Yes, he may have created an overlap and, and passed it to a colleague who could have scored a goal. Right. Um, okay. It may right. have been a goal-scoring opportunity. Right, but, but it suggests that there'll be a lot more controversy around it uh, during the summer, I think, as a result of, as you said, the fine detail of that rule. Now, uh, Mike Hearn, it looks like it is coming home. England likely winners now of the Euros. Yeah, well, with two games at Wembley still to come, Joe, starting with Denmark and then Italy or Spain, you'd have to really fancy their chances. I I wasn't surprised by any results from the weekend. I think all quarterfinals went to form. I mean, Spain, yes, were brought to penalties, but Ukraine, I mean, they were so tired from the Sweden game, they wouldn't be up to England's level anyway. So I wasn't surprised uh, by England's easy victory, but they'll take great confidence 
from scoring four goals. And I think the big thing, Joe, was they got their key players off within an hour of kickoff. And that means now that they're the much fresher side going into this week's action. So look, it's very, very likely at this stage. You always feel there'll be a twist in the tail. And dare I say it, with the aristocrats of Spain and Italy still waiting for England in the final, they'll win it pretty much the hard way in a final against Spain or Italy, but they'll be big favourites, particularly at Wembley. Yes, and happily then, locally, a fantastic win again for Treaty United over Cork. Yeah, it was super, Joe. We spoke on Friday and I said avoiding defeat would have been a massive result down there. And despite the fact that Cork are in the bottom three, I wouldn't read too much into that. And again, you saw why on Friday night. They completely dominated possession and territory against Treaty. But this Treaty side are built to sustain a lot of pressure. They took their goals, albeit two from the penalty spot. And, you know, great strength shown by Kieran Hanlon because he'd missed the penalty down in Cork against Cove just two weeks ago. He scored two on Friday night. And then Joe Collins chipped in with his first goal, the Clareman firing home from just outside the box. It was a magnificent win, Joe. And when you talk about big games, it's a battle against the unbeaten Shelburne this coming Friday night. And you spoke about the magnitude and the influence of a crowd. Well, there'll be 200 allowed into the market field on Friday night. Easy to say all those tickets are well and truly snapped up at this stage. But a huge game for Treaty now. They're bang in contention for those playoff spots. And that is just an unbelievable achievement considering where it all began a couple of months ago. All right, we look forward to all of that. The sporting summer really hotting up, including from a Limerick perspective. Thank you to Mike Cahern, thank you to Jerome O'Connell from the Limerick Leader and to our own Luke Liddy. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.